Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Hey guys, happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. We are here to help you get through hump day. Yeah, and this week we have a really fun, fun guest. Speaking of humping, (laughs) we have Tammy Pickle, a matchmaker on the show who's going to talk to us about finding love in general and finding love during COVID. She's real fun. You guys are really going to enjoy this. And as always, we have our hashtag swag bag. And up next, the tits and the shit. Oh my God, we were so close. So Carrie, can I start? I want to start this week. Yeah, start it up. Okay, so um, I had this idea recently. You know, I'm really concerned about Sebastian's lack of socialization with other children. He doesn't have any kid friends. He has no siblings. He can't go to a park. He, there's just no one for him to hang out with. So I decided we were going to start doing one fun activity a week over the summer. One fun outdoor activity. A few different things I have in mind. Zoos, you know, stuff like that. On Monday, he woke up. And he said, I had dream that I pick blueberries. And I was like, oh, really? What a great dream. And then I went on Instagram and like magic or targeted Instagram ads, I got an ad for a farm, Happy Day Farm in New Jersey in Manalapan. Is that how you pronounce it? I always thought it was Manalapan. Oh, Manalapan? You would know. You're more Jersey than I am. It's Manalapan. But I love okay, that so creative rendition that Manalapan. you just gave us. <laughs> Manalapan. <laughs> I was like, fuck it. Let's go. And I thought, wow, it's not too far from Carrie either. Maybe she'll come and meet us. So we all ended up going, me, Carrie, Sebastian, Luna. Our kids played together. They had so much fun. Sebastian was like holding Luna's hand and feeding her raspberries. And a few times he grabbed her by the face and kissed her. It was ridiculous. (laughs) It was like the cutest young love. It was ridiculous. Cutest, sweetest, thing. It was like the kind of thing you actually look at and go, oh my God, that's so cute. My mom actually goes, she goes, I'm going to have to make a Snapfish album of just this event. It is so cute. (laughs) I'm like, you do you, mom. Every picture is like they're an old couple. And I'm like, I know. And also, it doesn't hurt that Sebastian was wearing a cowboy hat. (laughs) They're just so cute, these two. And they had a good time playing together. I had a great time hanging out with Carrie, even though I got sunburnt and you and I were caught in our own bodily fluids. True life. I was wearing a bandana and I had never washed it before. I sweated so hard in it that the red from the bandana bled into my skin. That's how much I sweat. I made the bandana so wet that it bled. Anyway. It was really hot. At one point, I looked at Carrie and her face was covered in sweat. (laughs) I looked like Whitney Houston. Yes. Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. Yes, you did. Bobby. That's how you have to do it. But the best thing that came out of all of this is something happened with my son where he was like, oh my God, my mom is fun and I do love her. And he and I have been on cloud nine since Tuesday where we're just loving each other and we joke and it's not all just dad, 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 which it has been for so long. It's like it was just the little refresher he and I needed. I'm sorry. I know you are going through a hard time with Luna, so I hope it's not no, no, triggering anything. You give me hope. 
yeah, if anything, it's just like these are just phases they go through, I guess. But he and I just like really connected and really bonded and had such a great time. And it's almost like we're in love again. It's great. It really is. I love that. So I can't talk about it enough. It really makes me happy. My shits. This is probably going to upset some people, but I'm really having a hard time losing my COVID-20. It's weird because we're working out six days a week. I'm having a protein shake for breakfast. I'm making these changes and I'm starting to see changes in my body. But man, oh man, the scale just won't. It won't change. It won't go down. It won't go down. And I know I'm not dieting per se, but we don't eat out. I cook every fucking meal. And it's not like I'm cooking things out of a jar or made with Crisco. Like I make everything. I don't even make marinara sauce out of a jar. I make it. So the fact that I can't go down is getting to a point where it's really upsetting me because we're also still in the middle of this pandemic. We're still not going to restaurants. We're still at home and our fun activities are so limited. Limited, that all I really have is eating good food, spending time with my family, and having some drinks. And I'm not willing to cut the drinking and the eating yet. Like, I'm just not there. Yeah. So I'd rather just sit here and complain, I guess, is the moral <laughs> of that story. I mean, I would rather do that all the time. So <laughs> if complaining could help you lose weight. I mean, it, it should because it's exhausting. It is exhausting. I'm just so bummed. It's exhausting whether it's the person doing the complaining or the person that has to listen to it. It's exhausting for all parties. Apologize to you and the listeners (laughs) and Matt because we've gotten into so many fights where he's like oh my god Ashley I don't know what to tell you like just and and I'm just like you're unsupportive (laughs) how has your week been friend well I would say I'll start with my shits which is I think I'm in perimenopause that's like on one hand it sounds kind of good and on the other hand like I'm sorry no I'm gonna tell you that nothing about it is good. So uh, I'm 42. My mom went through perimenopause starting in her 40s. Yeah, mine too, I think. It can last quite a long time. And before you're like in full menopause, it can be kind of a long time. And my period is like either I don't get it and I'm like, oh shit, I'm pregnant. Oh, just kidding. I'm old. Or I'm getting it all the time or extra or whatever. And I've been having kind of like some sort of semblance of a hot flash. And so, yeah. So in talking to my doctor, of course, it's COVID society. So like I haven't seen my doctor, but in talking to my doctor, she's like, I think this is what this is, but it's nothing dangerous. All the things you're talking about are not going to hurt you in any way. So let's wait to do blood tests and stuff like that until COVID's over because it's just not So they have blood tests that tell you that you're perimenopausal? I don't know. I think they can just test hormone levels, I think, is what they do. Oh, got it. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. She's like, you're not in danger. Like, it's normal. So don't worry about it, except for the fact that, hey, oh, hey, look, it's happening, you know? Right. So I don't know. I guess the shits of it is that what it means emotionally, I'm like, really? Really? And I've also been really dry everywhere, which is another like perimenopausal thing. I'm just so dry. This is the beginning of the end. I just think as a woman, we've talked about it a little bit, but in the last three years, I've had so many blows to my ego. And I don't mean ego, like I think I'm great, but like meaning who you are. Luckily, I was able to have a baby and get pregnant on my own without really trying that hard at the age that I was. But all of these things that are challenging my like womanhood are happening all at once. All at once. So I guess that's the shits of it. But, you know, 
really, I shouldn't complain, but it's just a lot I mean, for your womanhood, you know? I get it. Aside from like what you're feeling yourself, constantly kind of bombarded with what society has taught us about women once they hit that point in their lives. That's why I, for one, when the whole Jennifer Lopez Super Bowl halftime show happened, it was actually really nice to see because it was like, look, that's definitely a woman who has gone through menopause and she yeah. is fucking slamming. Yeah. Still, I don't know if she's peaked yet. I'm here for it. And it, I yeah. think it's a nice thing that we're living in a time where we get images like that. We have women to look towards that are showing us what you can be as a menopausal woman as opposed to just, you know, I love my housewives. You know, I am a Bravo fan. But if there is one thing that drives me crazy on a housewives, it is that one housewife that feels the need to tell us how much sex she has. Yeah. Because for me, it just seems like a very obvious like, okay, we get it. You're still you're still in your sexual prime. Okay, okay, okay. I know who you're talking about. Yes. There's one on every season. My mom had a really hard time with it. She still is. It's mm. getting better. But she had a really hard time. She went through an extended, really tricky menopause. Mm. And she eventually found this doctor that really made a difference and yes. did some holistic things. And luckily, I was already doing some of those holistic things for other reasons. So I'm a little bit better off. Yeah, you're ahead of the game. Yeah, I'm just concerned because my mom had kind of a worse time of it than a lot of women do. And this stuff is genetic and hereditary and all those words that I just used. So yeah, that's my shits. And then my tits, should I be rude and say my tits are that I lost weight? (laughs) Go for it. I don't see anything wrong with that. So not to be a dick, but my tits are the opposite of what your shits are, which is that I decided to take back the night and get serious about trying to lose some weight, went on a little bit of a diet. Surprisingly, it worked because a lot of times if I do a diet, then I either feel very much like I'm on a diet the whole entire time and I lose weight yeah. and then it's not sustainable or I yep. do it and I don't really lose weight. This has been pretty sustainable. We're going to modify it. The diet that I'm on is like a reset. It's not really like a long-term situation. Yeah. We're going to modify into a more long-term eating plan from this. Yeah. And I lost almost 10 pounds in that's a month. That's amazing. I don't think that's an asshole thing. I think that's very motivating because maybe after Delaware, I might do Whole30. I did kind of a crash diet when we did Scary Mommy when I saw those pictures come back and I was really upset. And I did mm-hmm. lose about eight pounds, but to the detriment of my blood work, it gave me high cholesterol. That was like the most crash diet I've ever done. What diet was that? Keto. Oh, yeah. That's not good for you, that shit. I'm just proud of myself. Lee and I have lost weight and I feel better. I'm sleeping better. And I just, I'm proud of myself because I've had a hard time since this baby, you know? You and I have both had a really yeah. hard time postpartum. Not that weight is about everything, but, and I tried to really do the thing where you feel good in the weight that you are, but you know what? I don't like the way I look. Lee finds me sexy, but when I look at myself in the mirror, I look strong and I look fit and I look proud of myself, but I don't feel like me. And it's affecting my sex life and it's affecting yes my personality. Yes. Don't, I just don't want it to. So I don't need to be skinny, skinny, but I need to feel like I like myself. You know, I worry sometimes because you and I talk about losing weight a lot on here. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's probably not the most positive body image for certain people. And I get it. I understand that. 
But I think it's also okay for us to be honest and say that we just don't feel our best. I think it's amazing when there are people who do and feel great and I think they look great. It's just not how I personally feel good and how you personally feel good. And that's okay too. You know, I think the whole point of body positivity is that we're all supposed to be feeling good about ourselves and holding each other up however that is. And you and I have a certain thing with that. You know, maybe I'm kidding myself, but I feel like I have realistic goals. I don't really want to be the same as I was before I had the baby. Nothing about me is the same, mind, body, and soul. But I definitely want to feel, you know, this sounds terrible, but I used to joke that what made me feel sexy was when I was having sex, looking at myself and being like, I look (sighs) fabulous fucking this dude. Get it. And I always had kind of probably too healthy self-image, but I want to feel that. I want to look in the mirror and turn myself on. For me. Well, I have never looked in the mirror and been like, ooh, yeah, girl, you look sexy. But I don't think there's anything wrong with looking in the mirror and being like, I feel good. I'm proud of myself. I'm happy with the way I look. I just want to be there again. And it doesn't involve a specific weight, but it does involve me feeling good. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's my tits. And of course, seeing you, but you already used that one. So that's why I wanted to go first because I was like, listen, I got some shit to say about raspberry picking. But that day was amazing. And thank you to the farmers who um, let Seba and us ride the tractor after the tractor rides were closed. I just want to take a moment and um ride on your coattails about that. One of the things that they had was tractor rides and Sebastian really wanted to go on this tractor ride, but you're supposed to take the tractor to blueberry picking. Blueberry picking was closed and they still gave us a tractor ride because they saw my funny little son in his hat and we're just really grateful. That really made his time. He was so happy with that. Plus, it gave us a breeze and a little break from carrying our children around, which was also lovely for us. Oh, yeah, that was really welcomed. Anyway, guys, stay tuned. We have a really exciting interview with Tammy Pickle, and I think you're really going to like it. We are very excited. Today's guest is Tammy Pickle, a matchmaker and owner of Elite Connections. She's been helping people find love for 20 years, is a mom of two boys, dating coach, author, and a relationship expert. Hi, Tammy. Hi. Hi, Carrie. Hi, Ash. How are you guys doing? Tammy, where were you for me four years ago? I was single forever, girl. (laughs) I was always here. Just we didn't know each other then. I didn't know. Man, I was single until I was like 38. Eight and a half years old. That's a long time. Right? I hear it all the time. I'm glad you found someone now, though. Yes. Tim, excuse my ignorance. Is it just all kinds of matchmaking, or is it kind of like millionaire matchmaker style where it's for the wealthy? So we do work for professionals. We work for all different types of people. We have teachers all the way up to, you know, millionaires and everyone in between. Uh, we do have fees that people join with us, and, you know, not everybody can afford it or wants to afford put down the type of money that it would cost to help someone. But we do work for all different types of people. So we have memberships that start at 9000 and then they go up to, you know, much larger than that. I mean, I've been with my husband for some time at this point, but I should have gone to you to marry a millionaire. <laughs> this would be a whole different show. Yes, it would. Not always that easy. I'm sure. I'm sure. You might be better off. Like I always say, first time married for love, the next time I'll marry for money. So I don't know the difference between 
between a matchmaker and a dating coach. Right. So a dating coach is like really advising, helping throughout the dating process, really helping someone be a better dater. Maybe they've been out of the dating world for a while and they need advice and they need help and uh, they really want to be walked through every step of the way. So that's kind of like what I would give for dating advice for my clients or if I weren't working with a client. How do you help someone? How do you get into it? How do you talk to somebody? How do you find similarities? How do you connect with somebody? Just all those types of things. And a matchmaker is somebody that, okay, I know two people and I know they would be a good fit together. I'm going to show both people each other's information, photos, profiles, and then make that match for the two of them. I do both, but I do help my clients as a coach. So they come to us, they want me to match them, but I help them every step of the way. So it's kind of a two step. I help all my clients match them, but I also give them advice throughout the whole process. You know, meet our clients and then we get feedback and I'm kind of a fly on the wall. I'm a friend that knows these two people and I'm getting feedback from her and him and I can relay messages. If somebody did something wrong, if somebody talked about their ex the whole night, if somebody talked about how much drama they have in their life or this and that and they turn somebody off, like I could just kind of relay helpful tips because I'm getting feedback from both people, which is really nice. I kind of feel like, okay, I'm a friend matching two friends, but I'm not going to be upset if you don't like my friend. We'll just move on. But also being able to help someone and like relay, oh, you know, she wasn't interested. Let's move on from here versus wasting your time going after somebody that's not interested. It's kind of helpful. That's cool. I love that it's sort of just like a very clean transaction because I'm a very upfront forward person and I tended to date like that. But a lot of other people that I was going on dates with did not date like that. No, they do not. Right. They want to keep you on the back burner just in case something else didn't work out or you don't know what their thoughts are. A lot of games are being played. So this kind of takes some of that out. I mean, people that come to us do tend to be a bit more serious. I'm not bashing online, but you know, there might be people that are just kind of dating around. They're just seeing what's out there. Maybe there's something better coming up. So that's kind of what I hear. People that are coming to us maybe a bit more serious. They really want to find the right person. They're investing in a company like ours. So they maybe are a bit more serious than just kind of app dating or swiping or going on dates here and there. That's what I hear. So what's the matchmaking process like? We meet everyone personally. We typically, you know, sit down face to face, get to know each one of our clients, what they're looking for, where they came from, their past, their past relationships, what they foresee in the future and and what they're looking for in a relationship. If they want to have kids, if they want to date somebody with kids, if they want to date a certain religion or ethnicity or all these things, we just kind of get a breakdown on what's important to this person from start to finish. And I try to get to know my clients on a friendship level, you know, just tell me all about yourself. Tell me what you like to do in your spare time. What's fun for you? And then what kind of person do you see yourself with? So many people have this idea of, okay, this is my type. This is what I'm attracted to. I want them to be this age. I want them to be this height. And I want them to look a certain way. But it is me as a matchmaker that, well, okay, maybe you need to meet this person. And yes, it's not your specific type, but you can't know until you meet someone to see if there's a connection in person. So I kind of relay matches that I think 
are going to be a good fit. And typically they take my advice and meet someone and you don't know until you meet someone to see if there's a connection in person. And that's probably the hardest part of what I do is getting somebody out of their type. And maybe, you know, your type isn't working. You're single for a reason. Like maybe you're meeting the wrong people because that type is not the right person for you. So, you know, they're coming to us. I'm really getting an idea of what they're all about and who I feel would be a good fit. I know everyone personally, and then I make the best matches for everyone, but I do show pictures and profiles. I don't want anybody to waste their time. If they're like, Tammy, I would never be attracted to this person. It's absolutely off the table. I, of course, wouldn't force a match, but I also like, okay, he's awesome. He comes from a good family. He is dying to have a family and not that's what you want. So meet him, see what happens. It's an hour of your time and go from there. I'm a matchmaker. So I'm not just picking people at a random. I really pick two people that I think would be a good fit. But of course, you know, you're not going to know until you meet someone. And all of our clients meet one-on-one dates. Typically dinner dates is a good first date. And then they, um, you know, just meet each other. They let us know what happens. If they like each other, they of course are going to see each other again. We want it to be as organic as possible kind of after that first introduction where I'm matching the two people together and if they like each other they continue to chat and get to know each other and go on a second third fourth date but I'm kind of there to get feedback and help people throughout the process as well now this is a question that we did not send you but I just thought of it and I hope it's okay to ask but if you have a client who just seems to be encountering the same kind of issue do you do like a secret show up at the restaurant with an earpiece in like they do in the TV (laughs) no I don't go that far but I do get like okay I had this one guy and he's you know he just wasn't super comfortable dating and he hadn't dated a lot he was like you know mid-20s when he came to me and he hadn't dated a lot he kind of works in the tech world he sits in front of a computer at home all day he just hadn't had a lot of experience so I'm like okay you and I are gonna sit together you're gonna pretend like we're on a date and you're gonna ask me about myself we're gonna try to find some things in common we're gonna you know go on from there so So like after getting the bad feedback on the first couple dates, I'm like, you know, let's work on it a little bit. Let's try to get you more comfortable and practice, practice, practice. He got better and better and better. And he ended up finding somebody because he was more comfortable. Um, But I feel like it helped him a little bit with kind of the fake date. And yes, he was not as uncomfortable with me, but he still, he was uncomfortable just in general with a woman. And I wouldn't have known unless I got that feedback on like Tanny. He is so uncomfortable. And so I was able to help him a little. And that was really rewarding and helpful to be able to help someone from like zero to 10 and end up finding somebody. So I mean, those types of things are so amazing. I get, oh, Tammy, he talked about how his ex is a total nightmare and how it's like drama, drama, drama with the kids and the drop off and this and that. It's like, okay, yes, you want to know about an ex, but do you need to get into all the gory details on the first date? No. So like sometimes people are too outgoing and sometimes they're too non-outgoing. Tammy, on my first date with the man that I am now with, I asked him directly what was his baggage. Sure. Just to let me know right now so that we didn't play games. And he was like, well, what's your baggage? And so I told him all of my baggage. (laughs) And then he proceeded to say to me, and this is a pretty ballsy move, I have to say. He said, well, listen. I don't think you want to be here right now. So if you don't want to have dinner with me, you can get up and leave. No worries. But I'm going to still sit here and have dinner and have a wonderful time by myself. Or you can stay, dial your neuroses down about 85%. And we can 
have dinner. I'll pay for it, obviously. I really think you're a nice girl, but you're coming on a little strong right now with uh, asking me what the baggage is. And I was just like, oh, this is attractive. I think I'll stay. But I did do the dating no-no, which is like, I have daddy issues. I just got out of a long relationship. You would have had to coach me, Tammy. Yeah, Tammy, what do you think about that? Well, I love the honesty. I love that you were both honest and, you know, he was still interested. So, I mean, that says a lot. You don't want to hide all your crazy. It'll come out eventually, you know? Mine is so crazy. It it just comes out right away. It just comes out of your mouth. You just have word vomit. Right. I mean, but I hear it all the time. Like, okay, first day, the woman sits down and I need to have a baby like tomorrow. Like, is that what you want? Okay. It may scare away 98% of the men. (laughs) It didn't scare away your man. He's the 2%. But for most people, yeah, they're going to get scared away. They're going to have to, you know, get married and have a baby like tomorrow on the third date. Well, that was just the tip of the iceberg. So he was lucky he saw that and agreed to that because it's only gotten crazier from there. (laughs) Totally. So I guess that kind of brings me to this question. I'm going to skip another one because it just makes so much sense. I'm sorry to bring up Million Dollar Matchmaker again. No, it's all good. But it's my knowledge of the matchmaking field. And it always seemed like Patty needed to match people like she would always tell them like come back in a sexy dress have your hair straight there was like this mold that people kind of needed to adhere to do you find that to be true is that something you recommend I get why it makes sense like obviously most men are going to be much more attracted to somebody in a tight skimpy dress than like a rocker tee and jeans but what do you think about that yes you want to feel a hundred percent you want to feel like a million bucks first impressions are huge especially for men so yeah however you feel comfortable sexy I don't think too sexy is good even on a first date either you don't need to show all the goods but you want to feel comfortable confident and sexy on a first date so whatever that is and yeah you should dress to impress and dress appropriately for you know where you're going and what you're doing but yes hair and makeup and look and feel your very best and it is a first impression so it's make it or break it right off the bat So whatever your sexy is, it doesn't necessarily need to be a skin tight, short, boobs out, you know, legs out, uh, the whole, you know, 12 inch heels. Like it doesn't have to be that big, but whatever your sexy is, if your sexy is jeans and a cute top and high heels, like that's your sexy. So your general consensus is like, whether it be personality, whether it be the way you're physically presenting yourself, be yourself, bring it up a little bit, but stay as true to yourself as possible. Be the best version of yourself, I guess, right? Right. I mean, yeah, don't go in flip flops and your hair in a bun. Of course you want to dress to impress. So like look and feel your very, very best. Like you would be going out to find your husband. You have to try too. I I have heard so many times. Yeah, he didn't try. He was wearing a wrinkly shirt. He didn't really care or vice versa. You know, her hair up in a ponytail. Okay, it's not going to work. And um, they should know that right off the bat. But maybe they don't. Maybe they're like, well, this is me. And I live in my yoga clothes and take it or leave it. But you know, sometimes you have to try a little bit harder, especially 
especially when you're on dates and you know you don't want to be who you're not but then maybe just kick it up a few notches for dating and trying to get to know someone and to feel sexy about yourself and confident and then that just exudes and then somebody's more attracted to you because of that. Again Tammy I often show up to dates wearing yoga clothes (laughs) because I'm a yoga teacher and will often not have my hair done uh, at all. Oh yeah I never have my hair done. Uh, So once again why did I not know about you because I was a hot mess. But you found someone that loved you the way you were so that's amazing. Well you know what that date my friends and my family gave me a hard time and said just put on a goddamn dress. Would you put on a dress? My mom was like I want to have a grandchild someday. Could you shave your legs and put on a dress? And I did and now she has a grandchild so thanks mom. See good job mom. She's our matchmaker too. And I wore heels and everything. Wow. Were they clog heels? Not clog heels. I wore hot heeled boots like thigh high boots. Whoa, I've never seen you in a thigh-high boot. It's a sensible heel, but I wore a thigh-high boot with a mini dress. Very, like, 70s mod go-go. Oh, you hoed it up. That's what's (laughs) up. Yeah, I mean, the reason why you have never seen me is those things no longer fit after the baby, Ashley. Yeah, well, I mean... Amen. You are in business with your mother, right? Yeah, my mom started the company 26 years ago. And it's a funniest story. So she joined a matchmaker because she was single. She had me and my brother and like she was working hard. She was in real estate. She played tennis and she was a mom. She's like, how am I ever going to meet anyone? So she heard about a matchmaker. She joined with this woman and she brought home some videotapes and we sat down. We had popcorn and I helped pick out this man. And he seemed great. He had a lot in common and they end up going out together and then they've been together ever since. 26 years later, my stepdad's still together and they're still happy. But she was just like, what a great way of meeting people. So six months later, she started her company and then has owned it ever since. And she started from one office in LA and then she's grown. And now we have 13 you know, national and international offices. Wow. I found that after living in New York City and working in primarily two careers for you know, 25 years, I kept meeting all the same kinds of people. Like I kept meeting people that knew somebody that I knew, which is okay, but it sort of can feel kind of incestuous. Like I can't keep dating people that this friend dated or that knew this person. For me, I really needed to find someone outside of my immediate sphere. And even though New York City is such a gigantic city, it's really hard to travel outside of your sphere trying to find someone. Right. I hear it all the time. You know, they're not wanting to date people they work with or friends of friends because you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. So then like if you're working and when you are out, you're with your friends, you're not really like wanting to find someone that way so then where do you go about to meet someone and if you know I'm not online whatever maybe that's not working so then they may reach out to you know someone like me that's amazing so obviously you know we're a mom podcast yeah so I'd love to ask you some questions about dating as a single parent what do you think is the hardest part of dating for single parents oh you know you're working, you're a mom, you're doing your mom thing, you're going to sports, you're taking your kids here and there, you're hanging out with friends of your kids' friends or your get-togethers with your kids. So like, where do you go to meet someone? And it is hard and I hear it all the time and that is a big concern. You know, people may try the online route or they try a company like mine because they are serious about finding somebody. Maybe they're not meeting the right people on the apps or the onlines or or whatnot. So 
it, it is hard. Try something new. Pick up a new hobby. Somebody asks you to go somewhere, do it. Like get out there. Go out with friends. Just try to get out there in the community and do different things and join a co-ed softball league or whatever your sport is or your hobby is or just nothing will change if you don't try something different and, you know, get out of that comfort zone. So if I may say, back in my Helen days, I was on a co-ed softball team right? through a friend, and I certainly made my way around that. <laughs> and it was a great time. It was a great time. You made I was your way around like, all those bases, Ash? <laughs> yeah, I sure did. I was about 23 years old, and I was living it up. That's too fun. To bounce off that question that Ashley asked, one, are there any rules that you have for single parents in dating? And how long do you suggest waiting before you introduce your child to you know, the prospective new man in your life. So yeah, I mean, be super careful and cautious who you let into your life. I don't know how many times I hear somebody, you know, meet somebody online and they're married and said that they were separated. That's not the case. I mean, people can say anything um, online. So just be careful who you're letting into your life. I always say like, let people know where you're going. Be cautious about who you're with. You don't know this person. Yes, you may know what they're telling you, but be extra super careful, especially letting them into your life, letting them know where you live. We've all seen Dirty John by now. We know what happens. I have not, but I'm dying to. And I hear it actually every day with people that come to me. Everybody's got a story. I think every woman that comes to me is like, oh my God, I totally got catfished online. Tammy, do you do background checks of your clients? We do. Yes. Criminal history, divorce history. We verify they do what they say they do for a living. They live where they say they live, all those types. Oh, I'm into this. Yeah. Tell me, wow. one time I went on a first date with a man who said that he loved my style because I was like Sarah Jessica Parker. This was before a baby, obviously. Then on the second date, he wanted to come up and use my bathroom and I was not into that. I was like, I don't, I'm sorry. On the first date, he asked to come up and use my bathroom. I'm like, we live in New York City. There's a Starbucks on the corner. Like, yeah. please use that bathroom. He like begged me. I called my mom. I'm making this all about me, Tammy. I'm sorry, no, but you're like this story. Um, I <laughs> called my mom and I was like, I'm going to stay online with you because this man that I'm going on a first date with is in my house. Yeah. So I was so worried that he was going to like kill me that I didn't even pay attention to what he was doing in my house. He left. We went on a second date. We met at a sushi restaurant. It was really dark. And I look and I'm like, is he wearing makeup? I can't tell. Is he wearing makeup? And then I'm like, wait a second. I think he's wearing eyeliner. And the man had stolen my makeup when Stop. he used my bathroom. Stop. You couldn't find your makeup? No, I had two makeup bags, my high end and my low end. And I couldn't find my high end makeup bag. And it was monogrammed. And I just thought I just misplaced it. So then I realized he was wearing my makeup because I am a fair person and he was darker and his base did not match his skin color. And I was like, oh, I played the trick on him. I was like, oh, can we go to your house? Like I was going to make out with him. I asked to use his bathroom. I find my monogrammed makeup bag oh my God. in his bathroom. Stop. Were there other mon- were there other people's makeup bags in there or he just wanted your makeup? I don't know. Reason? He just wanted, I guess, to wear makeup. So I was like, listen, if you want to wear makeup, I will help you color match at Mac or wherever, <laughs> but don't steal my makeup because I'm you're definitely not going on a third date with me because you're a thief and a liar. Also, write me a check for $150 because I do not share eye makeup with people. It's not hygienic. And this shit was Chanel. Okay. So write me, it was the time of writing checks. That's how old I am. Write me a check for the shit that you used on your eyes. That is not hygienic. Bye. See you later. Did you really tell him? Yes. Did he write the check? He did. He wrote the check. And then two months later, he called me back and asked if I could watch his cats for him. And I said, no. Uh, (laughs) Uh, I I definitely could have used 
You dodged a bullet. Background there. checks. I'm like, no, I'm not watching your cats. Don't ever you call me. You definitely dodged a bullet. That means sounds like a lunatic. Right. And now he's a serial killer. No, just kidding. I, yeah. I know. It's so bad. So, like, especially single moms, you've got to be careful. Like, watch your drink. Be careful about who you're with. Don't let anybody follow you home. Be really careful until you know who this person is. And it's hard to know who that person is until you really get to know them, like months into. So into your second question, like don't introduce your kids until you really know this person and you're committed to this person and you know a lot about this person and you've been to their house and you are saying, I love you. And you are really, you know, this is going to go further than just hooking up or whatever. Don't get your kids involved. I see it so often where everybody gets hurt because the kids are now involved. Or you last longer because you feel bad for your kids. And you can't just like cut ties easier because now your kids are invested and they like this person or they don't like this person or whatever it is. It's a tricky, slippery slope. So, Tammy, how do you think... COVID has changed finding love overall and now, you know, matchmaking. I feel like you are probably, your business is probably surging now, Yeah, but finding love is more difficult. So yeah, COVID was really rough. It was rough on dating, it was rough for my clients. People were still kind of chatting and virtually chatting, but it's not the same and everybody was freaked out and everybody was losing their jobs or they were, you know, they were stuck at home and they were depressed. They weren't in the best place. So everything was kind of on hold. I still had clients that were wanting to chat, meet new people, but like nothing ever panned out. I actually did have a couple that they're still chatting and now they're going to be meeting up and they really did get to know each other. So there were some pluses because instead of getting together on the first date and like, ah, I'm not my type, didn't feel chemistry, didn't feel the sparks, whatever it was, they really did get to know each other on a deeper level over the phone and virtually. And they didn't do the whole sexing thing, but they really got to know each other better. And I felt like maybe that wouldn't have happened if it weren't for COVID. So, you know, there were some people that got deeper, closer, but now that like things are opening up and people are just Tammy, oh my God, I need to find somebody. I do not want to go through this alone again. I'm turning over a new leaf. I don't want to be alone. Let's find somebody. Let's do it now. This is like my New Year's resolution, right? For everybody. The phone's ringing off the hook. I want to find somebody. I want to find somebody. Life is short and like we could all die. Like finding love and being happy and like people are reevaluating bad relationships, getting out of bad relationships. Like life is short. Let's all like live our very best life and find the best person for us. I was just going to say, yesterday before we were recording this, I was trying to get some information from my friend who's been trying to date during COVID. And she's like, you know, it's really interesting because one, I'm hitting up old exes, I think out of comfort. Yeah, She's been quarantined by herself and she lost her job due to COVID. So like, it's a very vulnerable time. She's all alone. And she's like, I'm you know, hitting up ex-boyfriends for comfort, maybe yeah. reevaluating circumstances. But mostly I think it's for comfort because I realize that I don't want to be alone. And then these new relationships that I'm trying to date online, she's like, there's something nice. I FaceTime with them and we're actually talking yeah. like a lot before we ever meet each other. But I am sure there is so much sexting of exes happening right now. Oh like my I, gosh, yeah. Oh my God. It's bad. I mean, we don't want to go backwards, but yeah, if you're lonely and that's comfortable because you know that 
that person and you want some attention and to go find something new might be harder than going backwards. So it's, yeah, it's happening. Well, tragedy, I think sometimes glosses over and then tragedy's over and you're like, oh, right. You're still the same person. <laughs> yeah. Okay, bye. Right. We'll all learn a lesson maybe for the second time, but that's okay. A lot of people are doing it and maybe something good will come out of it or you'll just realize, oh, yeah, let's not go backwards anymore. Do you have any tips for people starting a relationship digitally during COVID? You know, you got to try a little harder. Um, It's, you know, maybe harder to connect because you can't sit down with that person and really, you know, get to know that person in person. You got to you know, reach out, make those phone calls. Um, But I think things are opening up. So like, I think get out for a hike or a walk or whatever you guys are comfortable with. But like, if you've been chatting, get out there and like me, but like, you have to try a little harder. You have to let somebody know that you like them, that you're interested in them, that you want to talk to them. Just like reach out and call and I'm thinking of you and and how are you? And, And it is a little different because typically it's like, oh, don't text too much. But you know, right now you do need to reach out and let somebody know that you care and you think about them. I think it's a good thing not to move too quickly, especially when I hear like, oh, we slept together on the third date. Okay, probably not the best idea. You don't know this person after a third date. Like taking it slower, I think is better and really forming a friendship, really knowing someone before you get too involved sexually, because that can move things in a different direction. And too soon, you know, the relationship might not progress like you would like it to. So many times you're like, shoot, I shouldn't have done that so quickly. And now they're not going to respect me and it's not going to turn into something. And that's not always the case, but sometimes it is. I have to say, we really could create a drinking game out of this episode where all the tips that you say not to do, Carrie has done, which is why she stayed single. Oh yeah, for sure. If you don't kiss me on the first date, it's an issue. And if we're not in bed by two or three, I'm a grown ass woman. I don't want to waste my time. I need to check out the model of the car. (laughs) Before I buy it. But I really, I really so far, Tammy, I'm surprised that I even managed uh, to, to bag Lee. So <laughs> I really am thankful I found one because I'm doing everything wrong. <laughs> That's great. Tammy, do you have a number rule? You know, like what I've usually heard, which you just said is not true, is like third date. Do you have a number of like when you should sleep with somebody? What number date or no? I would probably say you're exclusively seeing that person and you're seeing each other at least weekly for like, A good month and a half. I didn't do anything with my husband for so long. And I think that's why he chased me for as long as he did. There you go. I mean, I'm not saying that that's what works with everyone. And I'm certainly not saying I did that with everybody. But I did it in this instance. And, you know, here we go. Look how good it turned out now, Ash. Yeah. You know, pre my husband, when I was, uh, I don't know, in my early 20s, I had a whole year where I was like, I'm going to say yes to every single person who asked me out on a date. Yeah. And that was the entire softball team. (laughs) (laughs) And others, actually. Uh, It was a good experience. I feel like I learned a lot about what I'm willing to deal with and what I'm not. Yeah. Practice, practice, practice. You just got better and you fanned your one. Sometimes you got to kiss a lot of frogs. It's true. (laughs) My my lips were tired, Tammy. Okay, so tell us where to find you. What do you want to plug? Let us give you all the love. So tell us. Yeah, EliteConnections.com is our website. You can call us, email us. Um, My number is 800-923-4200. Emails, Tammy at EliteConnections.com, T-A-M-M-I. Instagram, Tammy Pickle. Uh, Also, EliteConnections underscore. And Facebook is Tammy Pickle and Elite Connections. Hit me up if you're single. 
all. I'd love to help my single mamas out there. Anybody that needs help or advice or whatnot, um, hit me up. I'd love to be able to make you some nice introductions. We do have clients all over and thousands of clients in our database. So we got somebody for you. I'd love to help you. Tammy, what a joy you are. This was so much fun. Thank you, you guys, too. You're super fun. This was awesome. Thank you, Tammy. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you, Ashley. Hashtag swag bag. So my hashtag swag bag pick this week. You know what I've learned about myself in these COVID times? What, Ashley? Tell me. (laughs) I've learned a lot about myself. I've had a lot of like existential crises, lots of realizations, light bulb moments. But perhaps the most exciting one is that when shit just gets to be too much and too hard, I start watching a Housewives franchise from the beginning. And uh, (laughs) this week, I have started... Housewives of Beverly Hills from the beginning, which I never saw, and uh, which I currently watch it. I've watched it for many seasons, but I never watched it from the very beginning. And let me tell you, you want to take your mind off of some shit? That's your friend. That (laughs) is your friend. I mean, just watching Camille Grammer's marriage fall apart in front of your eyes, her delusional self. It's not like you're like rooting for it, but it's just like so juicy. You're watching it, you know? You know, we all know why we watch this shit. Have you seen when Camille Grammer falls off a stage while giving a speech? No. Not Camille, uh, Kelsey. Oh, yes, I've seen that. (laughs) Yes. That was a long time ago. I forgot about that. I used to have a boyfriend that kind of he spent most of his time in his basement Googling when people fall. And then he would just send me things of people falling, sometimes celebrities, sometimes just regular people. This guy sounds like a real winner, (laughs) Carrie. (laughs) Good thing you didn't end up with him. My swag bag. And guys, this is, if we have a rating system, this is a like five-star swag bag. Get it right now. Like, what are you doing? Stop listening to this podcast and get it. We are going with Two Chicks Paloma. Now, Two Chicks is a sort of canned alcoholic beverage, mixing the alcohol and the mixer together as one does. I'm dying to try this. I bought you some. So they have whiskey ones. They have vodka ones. This is a tequila beverage. It's tequila and grapefruit and probably some other things. Um, I'm going to try their tequila pear and elderflower one as well, which also sounds delicious. I don't like the sound of that. This Paloma, I don't even know what to tell you. You have been talking about this beverage for like a week straight. This beverage has the refreshing qualities of a LaCroix, but the delicious alcoholic qualities of, say, To get you fucked up. Of like a White Claw, but without the White Claw's disgusting, this is definitely sugar-free, this tastes like sugary, sugary, yeah. Yeah. This is just, it's as if... You walked onto a beach and a young cabana boy passed you a beverage and you're like, does this have alcohol in it? And he just winks at you. And you're like, oh, I'm not sure. And then you start drinking and you're like, I'll have another one. I'm not even sure if that has alcohol in it. And then by the second one, top is off and you're skinny dipping and you're like, I've never felt so free. I mean, it is delightful. And it doesn't stain your clothes for when you've drunk too many and you spill them on things. And if that's not a plus, I don't know what is. Especially for mothers, because you know that red wine situation is tricky. Plus, drinking wine out of a can like they do on that episode of Always Sunny, although you may be disguising that you're drinking wine, your teeth and your lips don't disguise it. It's true. That was a fun show. That was a fun show. So you go out and get that love that you deserve, guys. 
And tequila in a can. <laughs> exactly. While you watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Love you guys. See you later. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, July 10th, we have a super fun event coming up with Hey Mama. So stay tuned, listen to the podcast next week, and check our Instagram for more details. Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at momtouragepod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at momtouragepodcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Momtourage is written and produced by Ashley Heron-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at mamadramaband or mamadramaband.com. <laughs>